You're listening to the Freshly Baked Crackers Podcast. Freshly Baked Crackers. With your hosts, Josh Guster and Ian Maxwell. Here is the soup. (laughs) Intergalactic Suco. This is the Freshly Baked Crackers Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? We've returned. Welcome to... Yes. We are back. We are back. Are you back? I'm back. I'm back. I don't think I went anywhere. Actually, if you're going to be the back, I'll be the front if in this jackass. Oh. There we go. <laughs> in this two-person <laughs> in this two-person horse team. This, yes, this donkey costume. Uh yeah, absolutely. So what's up everybody? It's us, the freshly baked crackers. It's me, Josh. It's me, Ian, shaking off the rust. Yeah, it is Ian. I checked because uh, I specifically gave him the invitation to the Zoom meeting, so it has to be him unless he's been hacked. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I swear I am not uh, some random vagrant that found a phone on a park bench somewhere. This I is, am, in fact, Ian. <laughs> this is a Russian bot I'm having an interview with. So well, how you guys been doing? Really good. What's yeah. everybody been doing? We've been, uh, uh, we've been gone for a little bit. Stuck. Yeah. We, we took yes, a small yeah. break of three years. Yeah, uh, hiatus. Yeah, much small, like many of the things right now. Yeah, a small four and a half year or three and a half year hiatus. Um, I have two children now. I still have zero in that time frame. I have two little boys, so that's that's. I got a, a cat. Yeah, I got. Uh, so I get a lot of. That's something that we should probably turn into a a uh, segment on the show. Is like being a nerdy dad and what it's like with as your kids start to yeah. pick up nerdy stuff as they get older, um, and what it's like to Until watch jocks. Yeah, until they watch uh, movies over <laughs> and over. And I mean, I love, you know, that's how I am. When a Marvel movie yeah. comes out, I watch that movie all the fucking time until the next one comes out. That's how oh, I've absolutely. always been. So I really can't hate on my kid whenever it's just like, what do you want to watch? Sonic. Do we watch Sonic twice today already? <laughs> See, same day is rough. Like, you know, oh, I hit, man. Like, multiple times a week or whatever, you know, but. He gets Same on kicks day. where it's just like, let's just, well, it's, 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 but you know, I mean, it is, I can't, like I said, I can't slide him, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. it's like watch a movie, then watch it with the commentary on, then watch it without the commentary <laughs> on. So like, is he throwing the commentary on? You're walking in and he's got Sonic with uh commentary. With James Marsden is yeah, <laughs> James Marsden, Ben Schwartz and, and Jim Carrey doing, that'd be awesome. That would be a really good commentary. Actually, yeah. I'd, I would sit down and watch that with him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that'd be a fun room. I, I will say, uh, we we talked about Sonic when it first came out, and I went and saw it in theaters with uh, my oldest yeah, and his well. mom, and we didn't make it through it. But now, after watching it nine thousand times, um, I would say it's not that bad. It's, it's pretty good. I, I I actually think it's a pretty decent Sonic. Well, I mean, flick. it's it's fairly uh, up for, you know, best picture contender for this year. If we're only At counting point, films that have been in theaters, you know, yeah, it's way better than bloodshot. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh man. Do you, have, have you seen bloodshot? I have not yet. I, I keep looking at it, but it's, it, uh, I don't know. Bloodshot is that movie for me that I have watched probably a half dozen times. And when I say watched, I mean, put it on and fallen asleep or, fucked around on my phone or got up and done something (laughs) else it is so not captivating 
Like it is the least engaging film I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've seen people try to justify it like in, in, in like uh, articles where they're like, uh, Oh, uh, bloodshot is the antithesis of Marvel films. It is like the, the, the anti superhero movie. It's like, no, it's just bad. Yeah, so I was like, so in that it's boring and, and not fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it just has really bad, it is, it's just, it's bad. And I've tried, because I really like Vin Diesel as a person. Yeah, of course. He's a super so, like, nerd. I've, he's a super nerd, and like, I try to support what the guy does, because I just think he seems like a really cool dude. And this one is a, is a big miss. No. Is a big Vin. miss, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, how do you, I can't. He's a giant part of the Marvel universe, but he's not really in anything. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. He just gets to be Groot. Do you think that they would ever let him play something else? I don't know. You know, they're something so strict that, like, about is that his kind face. of stuff. You know, but he's he's obviously like a passionate dude, and like we say, like has a lot of fun doing this stuff. Like he has to want to be on screen more than they're giving him. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they they'd have to make an exception for everybody else if they did it for Vin, kind of thing. You know. You know something I'm really surprised of going back to the you know being a dad and stuff like is that josh gad uh mm-hmm. does the voice for olaf in the frozen yeah. movies and he also does a character in the angry birds movies and i'm like really the whole time i was watching my kid i'm like man i'm really fucking surprised that the mouse lets him do that yeah you know, like you would think that if you're signed because like bro i know you probably you probably even notice it but man that motherfucking snowman is on everything. It's everywhere. Yeah, he's on absolutely. everything. That motherfucker is—he's like the new face of Disney. Like he is, yeah, prevalent as Mickey Mouse at this point. He is on everything they do, and so I'm just really surprised that there's not a contract where it's like, bro, you can go make movies, but you're not voicing any more characters. Yeah, like you got—if you're doing anything in the kids' world, voice, you're Olaf and Olaf only. You would think, uh, yeah. I mean, because. Josh Gad does everything. Like he does like the little mini movies and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think is pretty cool. I think, uh, and he's also, one. he's definitely in the Disney family because now he has a Disney plus show coming out. Oh yeah, that's right. He's going to be in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot <laughs> or whatever. Great. He's, he's yeah. Rick Moranis' great uh, grown up son, which I think is fucking killer casting. Yeah, that's that. a genius casting. I like, and I, I've gotten to really enjoy him uh, through Avenue 5 uh, on HBO it's uh oh, he, oh that's see i haven't watched that that's a hugh laurie is in, on that also it's right so fun yeah and it's uh it's the people that did uh veep it's really delightful. i never got into veep either i need to yeah i see stuff. avenue five ads like watching watchmen or the outsider right which were both great oh let's just take a seg you since we <laughs> missed a lot we're not gonna i'm not gonna take yeah. us back and try to make us talk about infinity war and Endgame and stuff but i do want to mention that <laughs> <laughs> Damon Damon Lindelof did something magnificent with Watchmen. Yes, I, I absolutely mean, agree. Something that is like very much highly lauded as as the greatest graphic novel of all time, and something that has yes, you know, like been. I, I think that Snyder did a good job adapting it um, in the yeah, film. Yeah, I agree. It's um, it's a little he turns them a little more superhero-y than you want them to be because yeah. the idea is that they are regular people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not a bad movie, especially like the director's cut, some good stuff. I like but, how he changed the end. But this you know? to make this thing where it's it's in it's a, it's a sequel that yeah, exists yeah. in the same world as this, and to introduce these new characters that are just as compelling and absolutely just every bit of it fits. Yeah, 
And yeah, not a and single bit of it I, seems forced. No. And I would have never, not only would I have not been like excited for, like I did not want a sequel to Watchmen. I would have never wanted that. Why would we want that? And then diving into the show and you're just like, no, this, this is how you sequelize something that doesn't need to, somebody needs to have an idea. Yes. It it can't just be, well, Watchmen 2 would be kick ass. Well, yeah, if it's done right, no shit. But if it's done bad, then you piss off everyone. You're absolutely right. This is the pinnacle of when people say, we don't want to make it again unless it's, unless we have a great idea. Yes, an idea, and that's the core. And I think Lindelof knew what he wanted to do with this mm-hmm. franchise when no one else did, and he was like, "Fuck it, let's do it." And, and he's, he said, "Well, he's not coming back. He doesn't want." Yeah. And, and HBO said they're not going to make another season without him. So we got that is just the next, the second half of Watchmen, in my opinion. Yep, and it's just a perfect season and now series of television. As long mm-hmm. as they don't fuck it up by adding something else down the road, it is a perfect television series, and that's yeah. such a cool thing. And I just, I just can't, I'm so surprised. It's because, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but something like Damon Lindelof coming in and making a sequel to Watchmen is kind of fan fiction. Yeah. When you think about it, because it's not the original people. It's, it's, it's very few of the original characters. Absolutely. And and they, and they're just kind of scattered in there. It's very much like, what fan fiction is like it's yeah, like this is like sure. david lindelof like well you know if i could if i was alan moore and i was going to make another watchman i would do this yeah. and it just so happens that it's great fan fiction and watchman and hbo threw a ton of money at him and it's yes. amazing that budget really shows through it's such a good looking mm-hmm. show and the cast and everything like there's some money a soundtrack like jesus christ yeah when they first announced that there was a watchman show coming to hbo I had mixed feelings because a I do respect HBO even yeah. and I've I've tried even tried giving since we've talked last I've tried giving Game of Thrones a shot a few times I don't like it I still don't Ugh. like it you still but, don't like it <laughs> but I mean it's pretty you know and they it's, yeah. it is very yeah, it's well a good made show yeah and 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 everything that HBO pretty much puts their hands on is at least looks nice and is at least enthralling there's a bar of quality absolutely that's exactly right there's a bar of quality. Yeah. So like I thought, well, you know, we're getting an HBO Watchmen show. The potential here of something we could get something pretty cool, but it could also be really stupid. And then it comes <laughs> out yeah. that it's not the original Watchmen story. Now I'm like, this is gonna be stupid. You're not even <laughs> like I don't want to see somebody's new spin thing, whatever. And I was was wrong. Yeah. I'll sit here and say I was super wrong. I was super wrong. Sister Knight is a great Same. character. Looking Glass Absolutely. is a fucking great character. And none He's of it seems... so great. It doesn't seem tacked on. I guess that's what I'm saying. None of the series yeah. is tacked on. It all These seems These characters natural. that are obviously influenced by the other characters that were big in their world. Like, you know, you can say that everybody has an analog, but they're done in a way that someone in that reality would have been influenced by Rorschach or whatever, you know, in yes. the way Looking Glass is. That it feels very true to living in that world. A hundred percent. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I love that if you get the, like that hard covered uh, edition of Watchmen I had, there's a Lindelof mm-hmm. quote on the back of it, you know, of him saying this is the, quite pl- or the greatest piece of pop culture in the history of America, <laughs> you know, like, and like, and then years later yeah. he got to do this. That's just like, to be a piece of it. Fuck, yeah. Dude, that's what it means. To, like, that's the shit that makes this nerd shit. Awesome. You know, like being into what we're yeah, into, absolutely. like when you see 
destiny fulfilled like that a guy who grew up just being a fan of something that he wound up getting to being talented enough to get to work in hollywood and working on things like lost and stuff and you know he's had this you know he's had this in his back pocket for so long right you know he probably had these ideas when he was a kid yeah he's been writing this since he first read what because he talks about it all the time even in interviews watchman is like maybe the thing that has inspired him most as a creator and so yeah, of course he had a notebook full of this shit that he's been sitting on and tweaking on for decades. He's and probably, yeah, he's probably, he probably it, you know? was dreaming about this shit in high school. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? And, like, and now for it to come for like full circle and it's so good. Yeah. Like, I'm happy for the guy. Same. Same. You know? and, and it's, it, I think it's really cool because he does get some flack at times, you know, because of his connection to things like loss, even though we, we both love loss. Like, I don't. Uh, fault him at all for that uh you know and things like prometheus but like this is him unleashed as opposed to just being somebody script doctoring for the the hundredth time or whatever this is his project can i I, let me ask you a real question i want to and i'm not i'm not saying this to be facetious i really want to know what the fuck is everyone's problem with prometheus Am I, uh, I the only person that likes know. that movie? I've watched that movie 20 oh, I like times it too. probably. I fucking, it has its issues. There's some stuff that kind of doesn't make sense yeah. in it. And you could be like, well, why would they do that? Some what? of them you're talking are really about dumb God that the characters do. You're talking about alien races on another planet and fucking robots and shit, guys. Suspend a little disbelief. It's cool sci-fi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. It's no, a giant sci-fi movie really that made it in the theaters. I mean, like, it's not Star Wars, and so, it made it in the theaters. Just like enjoy the fact yeah. that someone spent a few hundred million dollars on a sci-fi movie, and it's—I don't know. I yeah, really like absolutely. Prometheus. I, I, I like Alien Covenant. I mean, I, think I don't think fun. they're amazing. Yeah, I think it does its job. It's not they're alien. Not, yeah, no, you know, <laughs> they're not alien or aliens. But I'll tell you what—they're not Sharknado either. Everyone needs to fucking lay yeah, off absolutely. of Prometheus. <laughs> I'm gonna make shirts that just say "Lay off Prometheus." Yeah, I ha- yeah, I agree with you. Lay off Prometheus. That's that's probably my biggest thing right now. <laughs> now that we're in our relaunch, everybody, we're gonna start getting some really cool merch, including our hundred uh, percent cotton uh, layoff Prometheus shirt, which will be coming very soon from Wolf Tracks T-shirts and Designs. Um, once we <laughs> yes, talk absolutely. to Paramount about if we're allowed to use the word Prometheus, um, <laughs> I have to call it something we'll else. Just we'll change call the it- font. It'll be okay. Yeah, that's that's all you really need. So here we are. Um, another thing a lot of people might not know, I don't, Ian and I no longer live near each other. We live about an hour and a half from each other. Yeah, so Ian lives in the away, city yeah. and I live in the fucking sticks. Um, I live yeah, in the yeah. town. If you want to look up world, Google world's largest cross, that's where I live. Um, <laughs> and yes. And yeah. yes, I chose to move back here. And I'm not sure why every day. Um, anyway, so right now we're both locked down. We're in the middle of this quarantine, obviously, that everyone is also involved in, unless yes. you're these... Uh, well, I'm, I'm actually technically an essential worker, so... Oh, that's right, you are. You I'm are. out on the front lines. I was called back to work uh, this week, and but I can't because that's my exciting. kids' moms are both essential workers, and I am with the boys every day. There you go. So there I, you go. I've got no option right now. Um, you're still stuck yeah um so anyway this what does this mean what does this all this mean for the future of nerdiness of all the stuff that we like i mean we have a huge this is a really 
like a terrible year for this to happen. And I say that like, yeah, like, like, obviously this isn't a sports podcast, but sports people like they don't have anything. (laughs) Everything's been, everything's been canceled. The fucking Olympics got canceled. I know. And, and I actually enjoy the Olympics. Uh, I'm not huge on sports, but I at least watched the Olympics, you know, I'm not huge on sports, but I have a lot of friends who are, you know, and like, it sucks for them to. Well, it's like, like they didn't like, cancel television. If they canceled television, we would be really, you know, so I feel right, like, I, I feel right. for these sports folks. Like, well, they, they closed the theater. Yeah, and, yeah, that's true. And they've pushed, you know, like right now we would be talking about Black Widow if it wasn't for it. Yep, that's true. Um, oh. You know, like we've, they've adjusted all sorts of stuff. You know, I know that you're a giant Fast and the Furious fan and the, they've moved your movie <laughs> till next year. <laughs> No, you know, I, I keep saying that you know it's it's the new Avengers and it's the best thing that's ever happened to cinema. Um, but we're just gonna have to wait a little longer it's to get Vin Diesel Avengers. back on track. They've been making these Fast and the Furious movies. In the first one, they're stealing tube TVs and VCRs <laughs> or DVD players. I can't remember what it is. Like it's right. Um, they got clunky uh, box phones uh, they're using to co- contact each other. Where, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are almost uh, almost worldwide. We are uh, lights out in movie theaters right now. Yeah. And that is uh, for someone like you and I, that's like, that's really, that's really scary. Hey, you know, you our, know? it's like, it's as if our churches were closed down. Yeah, only, except uh, for the, the actually uh, closed except down. for the movie theaters uh, have to pay taxes and stuff. So they've got to like make yeah, sure that they, uh, they, have to, they have to make money still. Yeah, bills um, to pay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, like, in the wake of this, obviously, the MCU timeline has been majorly mm. adjusted. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Everything has been pushed to the fall, um, mm. including the Disney Plus series and everything, which right. really sucks. I really wish that there was at least a Disney Plus series that was far enough along that we could get it right now. You know, like. Yeah. Besides the Mandalorian, I, the Disney Plus really needs to. They only, in all honesty, they only have child. And Star Wars content so far. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. There's nothing uh, besides like nostalgia factor stuff, any sure. uh, Marvel-based things that we could really dive into. Uh, I know that they had talked about doing WandaVision earlier than it originally planned. Mm-hmm. But um, now this has thrown that all into it. Now it's all yeah. Right. yeah. So so everything has been thrown out of whack. Yeah, and, so and much for so Star that, Wars stuff, yeah. we're waiting for other things, you know. They're, uh, but, I mean, the, the Mandalorian, which we needed, we, it's not on our list, we definitely yeah. need to at least make mention of the Mandalorian because, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's the most, it's it's worth every bit of my free Disney Plus membership. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But it is so, it is so goddamn incredible. Yeah. It's, it's no, a it's, master stroke in Star Wars. That itch. Yes, and, and John Favreau and Dave Filoni—they're the dudes oh, that that know what to do with this. They shit. need like, they need to become the Kevin Feige of Star Wars. They yeah, I agree. The guys in charge of Star Wars instead of Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy, uh, thanks uh, for trying. Right, right, yeah. I understand. Hey, look, and you know, I don't hold anything personal to her. She worked with Lucas for a long time, and she had to fill the largest shoes imaginable. And uh, she bungled it, but that happens. You know, it's a fucking rough job to have. To you know, right. a lot of people would say that her issue was that she worked with Lucas for a long time. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But, but, you know, then you have Dave Filoni, who literally, like, learned at the feet of... Like, he is George Lucas incarnate as... You know, even though Lucas is still alive. But Dave Filoni's, like, the closest thing. That dude worked with him for so long as well, and so much closer story-wise, but... I think uh, the difference is I think that Dave Filoni understands what we love about Star Wars. Yeah. And I don't think George Lucas does. 
G- George Lucas doesn't even know what Star Wars is about at all. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's an interesting interview uh, with Kathleen Kennedy where she talks about asking Lucas what he thought Star Wars was about. And he's going on and on about the 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 uh, hero's journey and it's about storytelling and she finally gets him to go well you know when i was a kid my dad wanted me to work at his hardware store and i didn't want to do that i wanted to make movies and she's like oh that's what it is it's about uh, you know fear of legacy and, and wanting to do your own thing and he's like no it's about the hero's journey joseph campbell <laughs> you know so he doesn't have any idea what, what no he doesn't is. and the prequels prove that i mean the prequels yeah. prove that when he comes in it's just like half that shit is about trade embargoes <laughs> yeah what are we absolutely. talking about i i mean i own all the star wars movies i try to go back and because the mandalorian got me so fired up and then that got me into clone wars which i've enjoyed and i need to get back into um, oh that final season but, has been chef's kiss by the way you got to get there it just it just seems yeah i just all i've read is glowing reviews on the newest so season of, of clone wars but i just go back and like the prequels i, I think they are just i i mean i think they make the, the new trilogy look masterful i think they're so <laughs> lost and, and but there are good things yeah. there are, i mean you there are pieces that are so is, is worth it um, the first 20 minutes of Attack of the Clones is a noir film where Obi-Wan is a detective. It's mm-hmm. so fucking neat. And then it becomes whatever the rest of the movie is. This romantic, romantic movie about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, <laughs> there, there, there are flushes of brilliance throughout it that really make you like, you know, obviously the, the finale of Phantom Menace, the Darth Maul scene. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's fucking legendary. Oh my god! But we also have to spend a ton of time with the Gungans. Yeah. And pod racing. Yeah. Which and pod racing is fun, but is a twenty-minute sequence that is unnecessary. As pod, amazing. Pod as it racing is. was a thing thrown into the movie so they could make games later. Well, I think part um, of that, but also Lucas is really good at at filming movement. He, he always is. talks about silent films, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, all the car stuff from uh, uh, um, uh, American Graffiti, you know, like he is really good at that kind of stuff, but that's not what the whole movie is. You know, do you just... think? Do you think George Lucas has anything left to say? No, I think he wishes he did. Yeah, I think that if somebody gave him a script, he could shoot a competent and well, like good-looking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as long as he didn't have to direct the actors, and especially as long as he wasn't directing them on his dialogue, but. <laughs> Yeah, boy, the two Wonder Boys at the time, you know, like it really shows who, I mean, just Spielberg, just how much, mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen it yet. I really, I, don't, I, I think it's on Apple and I think Apple's free right now, um, mm-hmm. but the Amazing Stories reboot. Oh yeah, I forgot that was coming back. I, I, I think there's a lot of big names on that. I don't know who, I don't know who's all involved, but I loved that show as a kid and I really want to. I think actually, I think after we get done with this, that's probably what I'll do. I'll probably kick that on and try to give that a shot. I'm actually See watching Love on uh, Netflix right now. That's how that's how hard oh, up yeah. for entertainment I am. Well, I'm just I just finished Community, <laughs> and I'm just trying to. So yeah. let's talk. Let's talk Community again. Um, let's yeah. talk Community. Uh, community has come like to us. Netflix, and yes, now that Community has come to Netflix, it with is an being, edited pilot. Really, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it, it cuts out like uh like about five or six minutes of random jokes. No kidding. Yeah, the I don't think I paid full... too much time. I don't think I paid too much attention to the first episode because I was painting uh, whenever I put uh, it on because um, I painted. Yeah, it's like the syndication. Uh, huh. Well, that's yeah. I own it through uh, iTunes. Um, right. 
but because it's on Netflix now, it is the audience has just grown exponentially. It's exploded. Um, yeah. It's being talked about online so much. And I think that all of us who are fans are probably all thinking the same thing, which is movie. Movie, yeah. I mean, we have Netflix acquired it to, to show it. And you can go down the line and just look at who Allison Brie, Netflix darling. Yep. yep. Bojack, Glow. Um, yeah. Horse Girl. That movie, movie that she just did, yeah, Horse Girl. Yeah. Um, so she's obviously has a great relationship with Netflix. Jillian Jacobs is on Joel, Love. Yeah, yeah. Joel, Joel McHale, McHale has his own show, and now he did the Tiger King after show. The Tiger King and I, yeah. Yeah, the Tiger, Tiger King. So obviously all these people have, and then now, and uh, Joel McHale's doing a podcast with Ken Jong right now. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, I saw that um, Yeah, on Spotify. Phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal, which this will be on Spotify also. Oh, um, look at us going forward yeah um so i think that all everything's pointing to us getting a movie yeah. i mean dan, dan Harmon has said multiple times he, he he's got it he has the movie oh i'm sure yeah there's no I way mean, he doesn't <laughs> as far as i know it's written and everyone i know is involved that is like on board actively except for glover right but i would imagine at this point they could get glover back on for something yeah, I mean, he's just busy, is really his big yeah. deal. And he just works so much. What a um, man, what a talented guy. Absolutely. What, a, what an absolutely, infinitely talented, seemingly infinitely talented guy. It just it hasn't slowed down. I, we, even when we were doing the old show, we'd talk about how much uh, he was going places, and now it's like he's mm-hmm. everywhere. He's doing so much. It's amazing. I do. I mean, neither of us saw Atlanta coming. Right. Oh, my God. And that wow. was so shocking and awesome. And have you watched all of Atlanta? Uh, I haven't finished it, but... Uh, my yeah, it's, gosh, oh. it's so beyond what I thought it was going to be when I started watching it. I thought it was going to yeah. be just a run-of-the-mill show about hip-hop. Yeah. And it is such a deeply nuanced show with so many things going on. Man, I love it. I think that... And then you just building on top of what we already used to talk about with his stand-up, with his writing for yep. things like 30 Rock, with with things yeah, like with community with his music and music yeah and now his music is back then he was just like a newer rapper who i thought was cool yeah and now, and yeah, now, now this motherfucker headlines coachella yeah you know and like he's, yeah, he's, he's gone a long way i wouldn't even call him a hip-hop artist anymore he's like an i don't know i would say maybe r&b maybe he's just a musician yeah he yeah he transcends genre he's kind of all over the place he's, he's doing away he's with the childish gambino name and he's just gonna start as donald glover i believe Oh, interesting. But yeah, I would love to see him come back. I, I really think that we're going to get a uh, a community movie, though. I really hope so. You yeah, know. It, it only makes sense. I mean, besides all of the crazy, can't really plan for anything at the moment, but it's got to be uh, like on deck, you know? It's got to be at least Absolutely. in mind. For sure. They, why would they put the money into it? And like you say, having so many people already involved in Netflix, like it's kind of a no-brainer at this point like i feel like out of all of them i feel like allison brie is tight as fuck with netflix and i don't know allison brie or anyone on netflix and i have no information to back up what i'm about to say but i feel like allison brie is a darling at netflix like she kills it on everything glow is an awesome show glow is so good her character on bojack is the shit i haven't seen horse girl yet but it's it's lauded People are saying, yeah, it's, it's people great. are saying it's really good. Yeah, and I mean, I've I have the biggest man crush in the world on Alison Brie. I love this woman, but I, yeah. I feel like I feel like there was a moment 
again, all speculation, where she was brought into a room and she was just like, there was like, hey, yo, you're killing it with us. What do you want to do next? And, she, and this woman's like, community. Fucking community. Like, get it here and let's get a movie together. Like, I mean, Jim Rash has something on uh, Netflix. Oh, yeah. That right. show where he interviews the people, the writers for a show. Yeah, that was on Netflix too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I can't. Was it Writer's Room or? I think it was the Writer's Room. Or something like that. It was really good. I'd watched a couple episodes of that. Yeah. I loved it. I I love Jim Rash. You know, and I love that. I love how much they're in the MCU because the Russo brothers. I love how those guys all, a lot of them showed up. Yeah, that was pretty great. Uh, Seeing those cameos was pretty delightful. Yeah. The Russo brothers, man. They did good by their people. Oh, yeah. Yvette Nicole Brown, she is someone who shows up on a lot of uh, Disney shows. She does a lot of voices. Oh, really? Yeah, she's someone who who is on there a lot of times. That's cool. I like her a lot. So anyway, let's get back to uh, what we were talking about as far as what this all means for, like, the cinema. Film in general, yeah. And, I mean, we've already heard... Uh, the AMC is circling bankruptcy at this point. Yes. And that yeah, would, that would mean the closing of 600 plus theaters throughout America. That's insane. And the, the A list is like one of the only things that was keeping them rolling. The, the sort of like subscription service that they were doing, mm-hmm. that was really what was keeping them going. So this falling apart plus that, like, what do you do? What I don't understand, what I understand is how. And I'm not an economics guy either, um, but like this is the biggest time in the history of film. Films are making billions yeah. of dollars. How is AMC not fucking killing it? You know, and I don't understand either because I know that you know there's always been talks about the death of the theater over the years because of ticket prices and and uh, you know concessions and all that. But every time I will go to a, an opening weekend or even a couple weekends after to a movie, no matter what it is, the theater's always slammed. Still. Fucking slammed. These Sonic movies was slammed. Like these movies are making fuckloads of money. Everything that every Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars yes. movie. The, yes, it's a hard time in theaters for independent film. I would imagine yeah independent films are really getting shut but like we're talking about the theater corporations yeah not not the production companies so our theater owners struggling yeah i do not understand three weeks away and they got to close 600 theaters i don't fucking get that at all whatsoever i don't get how they're not printing fucking money before this thing happened. I mean, is it just the, are are the studios is is disney gouging them is this what's or, or are they just throwing money where we're not seeing it you know it, maybe that's what it is maybe maybe the money it takes to get these movies in your theaters like the i don't know i don't understand especially when you have to have like four theaters filled up with disney movies each time like if there's a major release you got to have a, a number of your screens have to be those movies to, so yeah. are, they, are they paying more for that i mean that seems like it would almost be like a budget for you. You're getting the same movie in four theaters and all four of those movie theaters are going to sell out every single time. I don't see where you're losing money on those screens, but again, we're not economists. We don't exactly. We're just speculators. Um, let Let me ask you what you think of this. Where do you think, let's say, let's say worst case scenario. Okay. AMC goes under and they shutter 600 plus theaters. Where do we go from here? Where does the movie industry go forward? I think that maybe you got two directions and one of them uh, would probably make the most sense. One, bring back drive-in theaters because mm-hmm. there are places that are doing this all over America right now. These smaller theaters that 
uh, were normally sort of independent are opening up their parking lots and projecting on the sides of the things and it's selling out all the time. We have so a drive-in theater the 20, 25 miles from my house. And I like that idea. You know, that's kind of a fun thing. And, and who knows, you know, it's just a neat new way to build off of it. And then you build a theater around it when you have to and you got the money back. But what about more likely is like Disney or something. That's what I'm thinking. Because these buildings are built. And there are somebody is gonna scoop this up. Yeah, and that's why I think I think it's the mouse. I think these will be the mouse house from now on. I think that Disney is or Netflix theaters. Both. I think that I think Netflix has been talking mm -hmm. about it too. Yeah, I think so. I think we're gonna see Disney and Netflix acquiring theaters. Mm -hmm. That's my best uh, bet as well. It, it seems like they've already kind of been poised and, and there have been murmurs over the last couple of years about them doing this anyway. Like you say, now they got a bunch of properties opening up. It'd be easy to slide right into that. Doesn't it kind of make more sense? Yeah. Yeah, it really, I really I think mean, that. I mean, isn't AMC a middleman? Yeah, essentially. But then, then you start to get into the question of how fucked becomes the independent filmmaker uh, when literally disney owns not four screens at a 16 screen theater but all 16 of those screens well here's my here's my answer to that is the netflix theaters yeah they actually do push a lot for independent film mm -hmm. production and, and getting those uh the guys because, that win the film festivals and stuff because if netflix owns theaters they're not going to be playing disney movies you're right no that's absolutely right they're going to put whatever else they can to bring the masses in and that's going to be the you're going go to go to those you're going to go to netflix theaters to see the irishman and yeah. beasts of no nation and That's things like genius. that and then finally these movies can be uh, contenders for actual uh, awards and stuff by mm -hmm. actually finally getting theater releases because because isn't amc a middleman when you think about it isn't yeah. it isn't isn't it about the the movie studios getting the theater the movies to the us yeah no you i absolutely it's a distribution service that's all mm -hmm. that it is you know it's no different from uh a streaming service or a DVD production company. They're just like you say, the middleman. They get the film to us from the studios. If the studios own those theaters, then that's got to not only save them money, but make it back. So yeah. Yeah. That's, it, it's the only way to go. And think about that. Think about also, I mean, for Marvel, for star Wars, for Pixar, for things like that. Think of the fucking fanfare and the immersive experiences that would be at Disney theaters. Yeah. If you know, they put Disney even would do a, a quarter so of what bigger. they do for the the parks or anything like yes. that. Yes, it would be. Yeah, the going to the movies would be an experience again. I absolutely yeah. agree with that. I I I thought about that a lot, and I really think that if you went to a Disney theater to see Toy Story five or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you are going to get okay. a completely immersive Toy Story experience. Like yeah. I feel like there will Your be ushers are story. Be woody and shit. You're going to get Toy Story snacks. You're going to get yeah, absolutely. Yes. I think that the whole thing will be. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that there'll be Toy Story merchandise. Oh, I buy I, I buy that totally, you know. And then you sort of have the idea of like um, uh, times for children movies and stuff like that. If you have a theater that's like just Pixar movies, that's mm -hmm. the family friendly place. You throw yep. an arcade in there, you get even mm -hmm. more people in. Yeah, I I definitely see that being like something they would absolutely do. And yeah. That's why I think, I mean, not to, we're not a political podcast, but like political, that's what I think they should do for all of it. Oh, they shouldn't be bailing any of these companies out. Let them fall yeah. to the wayside. And it's like with, I mean, maybe I'm crazy here again, but like with the airlines, let those fuckers go bankrupt. 
and someone else can. Again, it's if not, they were that close to going bankrupt, right. three weeks of lost, and you're you're that big of a company just shutting down, like maybe you got some problems. Like I think that they like if the planes aren't going to vanish and the airports aren't going to go away. Someone's going to come in there right. and take them over, and maybe. The air, maybe if the air travel is ran by Tesla and Amazon, it'll be better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You know>? maybe. <laughs> like, maybe at least I'll be less uh, gas emitting, or you know, would be moving forward with new types of uh, technologies and stuff. You know, Amazon, more innovative. Amazon can get me a box of paper clips into my house the next day. I'm sure for nothing. I'm sure if they could figure something out where we can fly around the country a little cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. Who knows? Who knows? I also think that's what like Bezos is a terrible guy, but like I also think like if the, do you think? Let me ask you this: because of how much they use the U.S. Postal Service, if the U.S. Postal Service fails, do you think Amazon will buy it? I mean, that would be the only logical move, I would think. Uh, they're already trying to do that. They've they've been uh, over the last year or so uh, quietly building a delivery service owned by them, mm-hmm. in part to like giving loans out to employees and they, they've just been building and building. They got all the yeah. trucks and the people to even run it. Yep. That would be a smart move. Anyway, yeah, you know. anyway, <laughs> we're philosophizing about the post-apocalyptic world and what it might be. Um, <laughs> it's all we can do these days since there's no movies to go to. That's true. That's true. What's, what have you, I mean, uh, how have you, I've seen some new stuff released on iTunes. Um, I yeah. watched the Jesus rolls. Oh, nice. Oh, I didn't know that was out the, yet. The Big Lebowski. It, it, it's a remake of a French film. Totoro directs that, right? He directs it, yeah. It's oh, a remake really? of a French film. Yeah, it's really... The thing is... I didn't realize that. It, it, I, don't, I don't think they should have made it be a, a... They shouldn't have used Jesus and made it a sequel to Lebowski. Because you, don't, you go thing. into something that's said to be the sequel to The Big Lebowski, and you're not expecting this French sex comedy yeah you know it's, it's, of, there's it's a, the, again a it's bar basically of like, quality when you think you ever about seen, a Coen uh, property have you ever seen Itu Mama Tambien oh yeah yeah it's that's very or maybe it's Amoris Peros wherever it is, the movie is where those two oh, guys are oh. dra- driving cross country that woman oh right and they both have sex with her it's very sexually uh, yeah, liberating kind of you know that's Just exactly that, that's Jesus? exactly what this oh, okay. yes it's exactly and Bobby wow. Carnaval I didn't care much for it and I, yeah. it wasn't my thing um, I watched Vivarium Again, like I'm sitting there thinking about that oh yeah how was that I thought Vivarium was very interesting it, it wasn't it seemed like a very long episode of Black Mirror oh okay um, I th- I think Black Mirror would have done the concept better. Mm. Kind of, but it was interesting. Tighter, it reminded yeah. me a lot of like indie films I would have watched when I was younger. Okay. Um, which I like that kind of stuff, you know, stuff that it's definitely something that wouldn't have hit theaters, but it's still an interesting concept. Right. Um, I also got, uh, oh, I can't think of what it's called now. It really surprised me. It was a lot better than I thought. It's got the Alexandria Diodario in it and Johnny Knoxville. Um, it's about these young girls that go to a Connie, they go to a heavy metal concert and then meet up with some dudes. Um, I can't think of what it's called. Something about darkness. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I didn't realize that he was, uh, well, I guess he did that wonder park or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's called we summon the darkness. Oh, okay. Um, I see. It's He's not. A it's not what you think it would be. Hmm. 
Um, it's, it's, it becomes a kind of a different movie as it goes along. And I enjoyed it for what it was. I don't think it's a great film or anything, but it had uh, decent uh, stuff to it. And then the fourth movie that I rented that I would, I would really, for anybody who's a music fan, I would really recommend this film a lot. It's called We Were Brothers, or Once Were Brothers. I'm sorry, Once Were Brothers, Robbie Robertson and the band. And it's the story of the band um, oh. coming together. And Levon Helm nice. and Robbie meeting and everything like that, and I it was it was great. It was really great. I love the band. Um, yeah, absolutely. Tons of interviews with tons of musicians about the band and how they uh, working with them or being influenced by them and stuff. And it's it, it was it's really great. If you're oh. if you like music, it's a full on documentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there are, there are some good rentals out there right now. Um, we're getting that uh, something to watch in the coming future. We're getting that ten-part docu series about the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, on uh, on uh, Star Wars Day. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty excited fourth, about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That's going to be rad. Yeah, it will be very rad. I was looking yeah. at some of the stuff <clears throat> that they were doing, uh, how they were using like the projected screens behind them to do the backdrops and stuff. That was yeah. pretty cool. Was, there's going to yeah. be a lot of neat tech in that. I think. I'm just I'm so excited to see where that goes. Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm so stoked about uh, Rosario Dawson playing her. It's going to be so great. I, I'm so, I think it's so awesome how they're treating all this, how they're treating all this, uh, like the way that they treat the animated series just as, just as seriously as the live action stuff. Yeah. Those characters are just as important. Those characters are just as real. Absolutely. And just as canon as everything else is. And well, arguably really great. the greatest pulling in stuff. And Ahsoka's arguably the greatest Star Wars character of all time. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm. She's definitely up there as my favorite. Uh, I mean, I Luke. Kanan, obviously, kind of, kind of slipping in there. Kanan's fucking awesome. <laughs> and obviously, Luke, I mean, Luke Skywalker is. Oh yeah, of course. You know the character of of Star Wars, but like, Ahsoka's never even in a movie, and like that's what most people gauge Star Wars off of. Besides, very yeah you know heavy duty star wars fans you know so like right the fact that she like to everyone who doesn't just watch the movies is just like she is just as credible as a anakin skywalker or a luke yep. skywalker like she is just as important as darth vader and she's transcending the medias and, and whatnot in, in a way that only the big characters that like you say the outside folks so or people that are just passing fans would would recognize she's above and beyond a lot of your your regular uh animated series type characters yeah and and then you know showing that they you know casting rosario dawson shows how they're mm-hmm. serious they're taking it yes someone yeah. who's uh, again a very outspoken nerd and fan of fandoms yes and uh obviously a fan of star wars as well like yeah you know they they know what they're doing and it's again it goes back to feloni that dude you know mm-hmm. him him working alongside Favreau, they're just like they're a dream team. You know, you can build off of Filoni's plot lines and characters, and you got Favreau's uh, filmmaking skills, and it's just like they're unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. I, I can't wait to see what those guys do. I can't wait to see what the future of Star Wars is in general. Now that yeah, we're out same. of the Star Wars, now the out of the Skywalker saga, I'm like what are we? Yes. What stories are they going to tell? You know, obviously, I'm really happy that the guys behind Game of Thrones are no longer making a Star Wars movie same they can stay away from it thank you yep yeah they can they can definitely uh suck a fart out of my ass um 
Because like even as someone who's not a Game of Thrones fan, I can even I sat there and watched as they were let off the leash of R. R. Martin. They just blew mm-hmm. it. What they yeah. As soon as they and were their on their own, just make them so pompous too. It's yeah. just kind of like you guys, you know. So we still have Ryan Johnson making a trilogy Which, supposedly. I'm excited because I think he's an incredible filmmaker, and I think him being unchained from the main storyline will give an opportunity for some really interesting storytelling in Star yeah, Wars. I think them putting him in Last Jedi was a huge mistake. I think yeah. that just I think that they should let him have his own trilogy. And they should yeah. have just had JJ make that trilogy. He I didn't think, want to. I think I, I think know. that was the problem anyway. He didn't even want to do the third movie. I know. I know. I just think that whenever you had and I know that the other ones worked that way too, but but Lucas was way more involved in all three of the original movies. Yes. And there he was, was at no, least one common ground. There wasn't someone that was overseeing it enough and except for Kathleen Kennedy, and she wasn't enough to get this all wrangled yeah. in to make sense through these three movies. And I've gotten to the She's point where I don't hate Last Jedi anymore. I think that Last right? Jedi has a lot of really great things in it and oh, a lot I of really it. cool stuff. And yeah. I think, but I think that a mess is going from JJ to Ryan to JJ. Yeah. And, and neither of them continued the other one's thoughts very well. You know, I don't even necessarily know if I would have loved what Trevorrow was going to do, but at least he had a general idea that was pulling things from both films into a third film Mm -hmm. and trying to connect ties while JJ just ignored the middle film, which I understand that there's that huge subsect of people that are just want everyone to ignore the film, but that's not how you make a trilogy. Even if it's canon, it's still part of the star Wars legacy. It's still there. Yeah. And backseating characters or trying to retcon the first 45 minutes of your movie to make it where you want it to be is not how you tie up loose ends. At least Trevorrow was trying to harmonize with all of it, you know, as best yeah. as he could. And Rise of Skywalker not, is a mess. Yes. And, I, you know, and I'm not someone that will ever praise Colin Trevorrow, but I will say that he at least was attempting something that wasn't just a smearing of the blackboard and then a scrambling of the letters, you know, which is what rise feels like to me. And I like parts of it because I, I, will I take, like all of star Wars. I will but. take the new Jurassic trilogy over the new star Wars trilogy. <laughs> I really, I, I mean that I really would say that because <laughs> I feel like the third one is such a fucking mess. There are so many yeah. things that seem so forced. There are so mm. many uh, stumbled upon the thing that we need in the universe on it. We stubbed our it's toe a- on it. You're tripping over MacGuffins for the first time. All over the, the place. We, they literally fucking get bucked off these animals into the sand and get yes. sucked under the sand and fall right onto the thing that they need. It's a Rube Goldberg machine of MacGuffins. Is oh, all yeah, <laughs> constantly. It's and like, and there's, and everything between the whole romance between Kylo Ren and Ray is so awkward. Uh, and there's we, nothing. We rewatched it recently. Between the three movies, there's nothing to where the, it's just like, oh, they're attracted to each other. And then, at the, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, we should kiss. Yeah, like the, the thing I think is that like they build that there is a, uh, like a connection between the two of them through The Last Jedi. And what we needed to have is Kylo join her after the, he wrecks the, the TIE fighter. If Kylo's with the gang for at least a mm-hmm. three two-thirds of the movie he's questioning palpatine he's doing something we could build a relationship between the two of them that isn't through two second long skype calls 
Yes. You know, uh, you can actually absolutely. have character development. Absolutely. There's nothing. Whenever they get together at the end of that movie, there's no part of you that's like, ah, oh, resolve. They waste Ben Solo, and it's upsetting because Kylo's turn to Ben Solo is such a neat arc if you take it on paper. And Ben Solo as a, a reborn character is such an interesting thing, and they just kind of trip over it and then don't yeah. really take it anywhere it could go. I will say, though, to me, Kylo Ren, Adam Driver, is the reason to watch the new trilogy. He's electrifying, and so yeah. is Daisy Ridley. I think anytime there are those back and forths between the two of them, it is some mm-hmm. of the most captivating shit I've seen. But there is and no sort of romantic spark there. No, because they don't build it. Yeah. But I love... JJ had I to put his magic knife too. in there. So. I love the part in Rise of Skywalker whenever she has a new force power when you can transfer a lightsaber to somebody by putting it behind your back for some reason. But when she does that... <laughs> they set that up. Yeah. When they, whenever she does that, and he pulls that lightsaber out from his behind his back. That shoulder shrug he gives the Knights of Ren. It's so Han Solo. Oh, it is. It's so it's his so dad. Beautiful. And that like is a moment where you're like, oh, he's been solo in this scene. He's no longer Kylo Ren. That shoulder shrug just yeah. shows you right there that he's yeah, that it's so good. It's so good. Those little nuances. And again, it comes back down to the actors that they've chosen mm-hmm. for those parts, you know. Yeah, that's the best part of it is is who they got Poe. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's yeah, Oscar Isaac is incredible. He is, but he's also completely wasted too, kind of. Yeah, he's not used, yeah. But anytime I see him on screen, it's, you know, you're like, that fucking dude right there, and then he goes away, and you don't I would have liked to have seen him, but... them bring Zori in earlier. Yeah, yeah, she was more completely of that. thrown she, away too. She's super interesting. Absolutely. She's so, super interesting. And, like, and I thought it was really silly that they had to bring a love interest in for Finn in the last movie. Finn is the thirstiest Star Wars character I have ever seen. Yeah. Through three movies, he's trying to hook up with three completely different people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they made him the thirstiest character. And that's I saying do, a lot. We got Anakin in this right. series. He does have one of the greatest lines in the history. It's just so, it's just so weirdly placed. And uh, the movie, it's when they show up at that like uh, big like carnival celebration. Mm-hmm. you know in the desert kind of thing and yeah. and uh and ray's like i've never seen anything like this before in my life and he just calmly says i've never seen so few wayfinders <laughs> yeah. just such a smart ass fucking thing as he walks past i've never seen so few wayfinders <laughs> he's so uh, fed up with this shit i feel like that's how he feels about the movies at that point where he's just yeah like, are we even doing this i, I said there's no wayfinder here <laughs> I will say C-3PO got some good shit uh, in Rise. I think it, they really gave him a lot of good stuff uh, for Anthony Daniels to say, <laughs> you know, but I don't know. The The biggest problem I have with the movie, end of the day for me, biggest mm-hmm. issue is that they didn't let Chewie's quote unquote death breathe. We yeah. get two minutes before he shows back up. And if we just, and that scene where we see him at the transport mm-hmm. with pride and all that doesn't matter. It's not, a, we don't need that scene. Right. If we'd cut that out and we'd at least let Chewie's death breathe, we'd have some heaviness in the movie mm-hmm. to slow it down a little bit. It doesn't slow down for anything. Ugh. No, no. And they're just slamming as much stuff in there mm-hmm. as possible. And uh, like, how abrupt is the opening crawl where it's like a announcement has gone out and Palpatine is alive? Like, wait, wait, what? You're going to tell back. me this? Yeah. Tell me this in the opening crawl? And you know how they did that? Uh, thing? They did it in the game Fortnite. 
Fortnite. Yeah. You know I the game that. Fortnite? That's how that's how they <laughs> that's that thing where they say uh, uh, an announcement has gone out to the galaxy. It's in Fortnite. The dead spring. Yeah, all of a sudden uh, it's so it's so poorly yeah, done. They don't explain really anything. Is. Just all of a sudden <laughs> Kylo's showing up at this place. He obviously all of a sudden he knows that the Emperor has been alive this whole time. I don't he know. He talks to an oracle in the original script that's super neat and weird, and there's all kinds of like Sith apothecary shit that goes on in the first sequence that they cut out so that we could get a knife that has a compass in it or something dumb. Oh, like this happened right where they walk up to the Death Star is exactly where they need to be for the compass thing to work. For like, well, you know what's not a shock so is that is that Palpatine would keep this thing in the Death Star. We don't need, again, a MacGuffin that gets them to the MacGuffin. Right. We just go, oh, you know what? It's, it's probably in the chamber that Palpatine hung out in at the last place he was alive. We, we don't need this weird relic hunt. And I mean, I, hey, look, I'm the first guy to be like, I love ancient Sith languages, and Ochi the Sith acolyte Jedi hunter is a pretty neat character. But again, none of it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. for him to do. He doesn't even really exist. Oh. Just, Can you imagine what Filoni would have done? I don't want to show I love Star Wars. And we'll talk about like where it's going forward. I'm very excited. And uh, it, it, those of you who are fans of Fresh Comics Podcast look forward for other episodes of that in the future. Uh, that the newest thing we're going is the High Republic era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going back in the past. Oh, there's a lot of rumors of Taika uh, doing a Star Wars project. Yeah, potentially he's, they're looking, uh, that's going to probably be in a couple of years. It looks like what they're setting up for now is a series of books and comics and then a video game and then some films. Right. So we're going to get at least a couple of years break on Star Wars film while they work on, you know, Obi-Wan will be hopefully sometime next year. They finally got settled on a writer, I think. Uh, But uh, yeah. So Tyke See, that bothers in the works. me. Ryan's in the works. That's, that's exactly what we're talking about. They settled on a writer. That means that this <laughs> show isn't... The Mandalorian didn't have to settle on a writer. A man came to them with yeah. an idea that he wanted to flesh out. And it wasn't like, we want to make a Kenobi show. Find a writer. Find a... You know, like, find somebody was like... I don't know. That's like, I, I really wish that they would just find somebody who has ideas. And just well, the let them develop really... that idea. Like the Kenobi stuff specifically has had ideas for like quite some time. And I know that Filoni has floated some and just like um, Pablo Hidalgo, who's head of the story team, they've been working on this stuff for a minute, but they didn't have anybody to make a treatment. And I guess that's where they're hung up right now is actually putting the ideas to a treatment. I don't know why it would need to go through two different writers and get Filoni to look over it as well. Like what exactly did they fuck up the first time that needs three postponements? Uh, so yeah, it, that feels a little weird, but yeah. like they do have ideas for some of this stuff. Why they're not executing it is what is most curious to me, but I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping, like we say, with Filoni and uh, Favreau seemingly taking a more hands-on approach that they'll rein some of this nonsense in. We get Kenobi through, which I want to be good because I love Ewan McGregor's Kenobi, like we say. Oh, I do too. Um, and there are some great stories there. We saw some of that stuff in the um, run of the Star Wars comic from a couple of years back. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool like Obi-Wan in the desert shit that they can do. Um, so I don't know why, why it's such a fucking hurdle that they have to get over right now. 
while we're pumping out Mandalorian season two, like it's not even a fucking problem, <laughs> you know? Right. I think it's because like, we, like I said, you know, someone has a vision mm-hmm. and it's easier yeah. when you have a clear vision to get things accomplished. Yeah. Same guy who's got the ideas right in it. Yeah. Now, do you think Taika is going to be putting together a movie or do you think that he'll be making a series? I don't know. I think um, he's been really in, in, into the filmmaking stuff lately. He hasn't really done much TV in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that would mean besides doing the Mandalorian episodes. So maybe he would be uh, wanting to go back to it. But there's no, there's no general idea. It's very nebulous. Yeah. All of that stuff is so nebulous. But the fact that he's on board and looking at the season finale of Mandalorian, like, I don't care what he does give everything to him scoop it onto taika's plate right yeah. <laughs> let him do it uh the man's a genius you know he obviously loves the the stuff as well uh jojo rabbit was really good something watching recently jojo rabbit yeah i really so enjoyed jojo rabbit yeah i I'm, I'm i'm glad to see that he you know thor getting the first mcu person getting a fourth film yeah uh, you know, yeah, because they exciting. finally nailed it. Because the Ragnarok, mm-hmm. they f- because the first two Thor movies, they didn't realize that Thor is a ridiculous character. He's and silly. Taking yeah. him seriously doesn't always work. I think Thor one is good. Mm-hmm. I think I Thor, Thor: The Dark World is the worst MCU movie. It's just too self serious. And, and I mean, the first movie isn't a full on comedy, but he's a goofball straight man, and he yeah. does stick out. And that is part of the fun: is the fish out of water. But. Mm-hmm. The second movie is just serious Thor. It's so serious it's and it's drag. just yeah. And uh, but then then Taika comes in and they realize mm-hmm. that the way to do it is to be funny. Yeah. Make yeah. Lean into the silliness. Yeah. He's now a fish out of water in space. It's like extra goofy. Like just yeah. Lean into it. Ragnarok Use the Hulk was for comedy. So good. Yeah. It was so good. It's so real it's, feeling Marvel. Yeah, it feels it like is. a comic. It feels like a comic book. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's so much fun. So the MCU, the MCU has gone crazy mm. since we last <laughs> talked. <laughs> yes. Um, like the like the unspeakable happened, and and I know this is old news, but we're still going to touch on it. It's like they bought Fox. They got tired of fucking with yeah. it, and they just bought the company. And I don't think <laughs> we still. I think that we just, yay! You know, Disney acquired Fox. Like. That's gangster shit. They own so much stuff now. Like to, to just be like, and they did it for one reason: to get the fucking get Marvel movies. characters, That's just right. so they could get the X Men and the Fantastic Four. They did. They inadvertently got the Simpsons. Yeah, I mean, like there's so much stuff they acquired because of it. But they, like, they technically have Hulu. Like they, hmm? they've got everything on FX. Yeah. You know? <laughs> justified is now a disney property it's always sunny in philadelphia is now a disney, <laughs> it's a disney property it's so crazy it's and and like but it's such a gangster move to be like it's a tony stark move it's like that yeah. one avengers when they're about to blow he's like how much how quickly can we buy this building yeah absolutely. right before they're about to blow it up like that's what they did that it's like well you know what guys we've had these talks for a long time about trying to get the mutants out of the mcu and it, it just hasn't worked so how about we just buy everything from you We'll just take no, nothing. We'll take the lot, like the whole studio. We want the whole thing, (laughs) everything, whatever you got. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. And now we're gonna get everything. Yeah. Well, maybe we might not ever get new mutants, but (laughs) Jesus, man, how bad? How bad does that guy feel about this? I mean, this dude has just been. 
um, New Mutants has just been plagued since fucking day one. This yes. Been hit with every. I'm really surprised that it's not getting put up on something. It's uh, you know I was just talking uh, with the wife about that earlier. I think they just desperately want to make some money off of it. Like they're just like right. we can't just dump it on Disney Plus yet. Like well, no, we have to charge they, some money for it. Why don't they do like what they did with Onward? You know, Onward came out on iTunes about oh, right. two weeks before it came out on Disney Plus, and you could buy it. Why don't they just do that for a while? Well, they even have been doing. Uh, some companies have been doing stuff where they're releasing new films that would be in theaters for rent at home, which I mean is not ideal to pay eighteen dollars to rent a thing in your own home, but at least would be able to recoup something before they I, could put it for sale early. But yeah, I did it. I rented the, the Hunt. I oh rented, right, I rented that movie, The Hunt. Um, for 19 bucks or whatever it was. And yeah, it was more expensive than I usually would pay for one. But what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah exactly. the, It's cheaper than I would have paid at the movie theater. That's true. And and you got your uh, your comfy seat at home. So mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah, that. I rented um, that. Um, it, it was okay. Um, I did see The Invisible Man. That's the last movie I saw in theaters before oh, so theaters good. closed. You know what? I I am so fucking impressed with that movie. Yeah. I, the opening scene, the movie is a different take on the Invisible Man. If you've seen the trailer, it's about this woman who is mm-hmm. in an abusive relationship. She flees the guy. Um, he kills himself and leaves her a bunch of money as long as she's sane. And then he starts haunting her visibly. Or, oh, yeah. or So it's like, is she going crazy or is he Gaslit really... Gaslit by the Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but the opening, yeah, it's just like he's just still mentally abusive even after he's dead kind of thing. But the <laughs> opening scene is her fleeing this guy. And it's like her getting up in the middle of the night, laying in bed next to him, all the way to her getting in this car and leaving. Nice. And dude, I was holding my breath and sitting on the edge of my seat. It was so <laughs> fucking well done. I was nice. so impressed by it for something that was, I thought it was just going to be a novelty movie. I do like Elizabeth yeah. Moss a lot. I think she's a really good oh, yeah, actress. She's great. Um, but I didn't think it was going to be as good as it is. And it's really nice. good. It's, I hope it's they do that really... with the, the Universal Monsters. They keep doing stuff like this instead of trying to whatever Tom Cruise nonsense. Oh, Jesus you know. Christ. Like just give competent horror directors horror properties. If you're going to make, make shitty mummy thing. movies, just call Brendan Fraser back. <laughs> yeah absolutely for christ's sake but uh yeah so so we so we have who do you think that we're going to get first i feel like we're going to get the fantastic four before we get the, the x-men but there's also uh, there's also think... talks of us getting an x-men an x-men in uh uh captain marvel oh two there's a lot of rumors of rogue showing up in that interesting mm-hmm. um and then I've, i can't believe who i recently read that there was supposed to be uh, a t- an X-Men teaser in Black Widow, something that alludes to the X-Men. I could kind of see maybe Black Widow um, being that it would be the first, you know, supposed to be the first one out uh, mm-hmm. to drop a tease at least. Um, I was wondering about like where Captain Marvel's taking place, if she was going to be in space or not. I don't really know much details about the plot. Um, I don't think there are a lot of plot details. I've just heard uh, on Reddit from, okay. s- from quote-unquote sources that, uh, Sources, that right. we would see Rogue and Captain Marvel slug it out. Because there's quite a few like spacey uh, Star Wars or Star Wars, spacey Marvel franchises that we're moving into. Uh, where you know, I wonder what kind of things they'd be dropping besides maybe just a teaser at the end of something on Earth, a little blink of a mutant somewhere. But right. uh, I, I hope 
they start teasing something, you know. How are they going? How are they going to bring mutants in? You know? I don't know. I mean, uh, we would have to. I, I, you know, it'd be very interesting if they do Fantastic Four and make it actually take place in the '60s, and sort of have like the idea that mutants have sort of been around in the MCU, but without like being kept under wraps by secret organizations or whatever. And then how, because how, otherwise, how, like. I don't know. How, we're, you know, we're starting X Men Fresh Four from be scale. kept underneath under wraps though, because they're, I mean, they're oh, yeah. well, historically kind of, you know, celebrities. That's true. I just like them being there in the '60s. It's like I do too. The best. Uh, they are such a an old school type team. Um, I'm just so excited that is, they're gonna. I I just they've deserved a good movie. Yes. And they've had absolutely. three. Well, not just three. If you go back to the Roger Corman one, four. The Roger Corman's the best one, and that's saying Isn't that, some shit. That's saying some shit, man. <laughs> the, um, the best one is an unreleased, terrible movie. Yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, my big thing is how do you how do you just launch the X Men in twenty twenty at the earliest, as far as like timeline goes, without it being jarring as shit, right? Like, where have mutants been? They just start all of a sudden now. Is are we going with like a start of the x-men sort of first class era thing now like it feels really weird to all of a sudden have a genetic mutation just pop up yeah something's gonna have to go story-wise that explains this yeah i almost wonder if there wouldn't be some sort of explanation throughout eternals oh a a latent gene yeah maybe that you know something that will show up in humanity later and then and, and later on we can and something triggers it hmm and that's all I can think of. I just can't. Yeah, because I mean, of... it's the next era of evolution, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But yeah, just it, it just feels like we missed a good timeline. Like the fact that we were able to, or the other fan, or, other X Men films, the last franchise at least was starting itself back in time and setting yeah. it up like that. It makes sense to have a full fledged team come present day. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I don't know. It's it feels like how do you have a full on school build up? Uh, without us getting the first real X-Men movie by 2040, <laughs> you know, that makes sense. So I think that there, one way they could do it, maybe, this is just an idea, um, is that he, mutants have existed this whole time and they've just been, there's just not a lot of them. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe... anomalies. And they're anomalies. And, and, and this whole time been behind, you know, quietly... Xavier's school for gifted students has been running. You know, maybe yeah. they just haven't, maybe they just haven't had, maybe these kids haven't grown up to the point where they're X-Men yet. Yeah. You know, maybe through the nineties and stuff, these kids have been kids. I would like that. And now they're just coming to an age when they can start to actually keep up with people like the Avengers. Right. I mean, that's just an idea. Yeah, no, it's because that's that's the big thing too is that you already have a worldwide superhero squad mm-hmm. existing in the universe. How do you get a bunch of twenty somethings who are technically at a they're they're more like a college club than they are a superhero team? Right. Uh, be able to be justified as good. I mean, you could do I guess on the ground stories have more stuff of them like protecting San Francisco specifically, right? Or New or upstate New York rather, uh, specifically as opposed to the city. You know, doing small time stuff. But yeah, you would think that it would make more sense if if it goes down the line a little bit and those kids were kids during the Battle of New York. Because if not, if they were upstate New York, they would have come and helped. 
Yeah, exactly. If they had the ability to. So if they're all like being inspired by the Avengers. Yes. If they're all school kids at that time and they're seeing this happen the way, the way that kids, the way that kids who were young in 2001 saw 9-11 happen. Yeah. Okay. I'm writing this. Here we go. I like it. I like Um, where you're going. I think that could be something pretty (laughs) cool. Marvel call us. Call us. I've had a lot of great ideas who let's, let's cast this thing. Oof. Man, Magneto, well, see, the Mag- problem specifically is, Magneto. When are we making it? What do you mean? I think I think that's the big problem. I mean, we're if oh yeah, for five years from now. releasing now, yeah, five ten years from now, whoever we might want is sure dead of the coronavirus. Or, well, let's, or let's just or cast it right now. Let's cast it right now. Hmm. Man, I like. Uh, I think we even talked about this a while back. I, I like an idea of a Ray Fines being an Xavier. I think. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really good. Uh, yeah. He's stoic, and he's we don't get to see Rafe be a good guy enough anymore either. <laughs> you know, right, that's he's usually true. a villain, and I like yeah. him as a good guy. Um, Mac- you would have to work very, very hard with that bald head to not remind people of Voldemort. Yeah, that, well, he'd have a nose. That that's true. He would have an he would have an actual working nose. You know, you give him the bushy white unibrow that Xavier had in the late eighties. You know, you throw that fucking thing on him. Okay. Know who he is? Yep, <laughs> you, know? you got it. Plus a nose. Uh, <laughs> have him scowl a lot. Uh, man, Magneto's a hard one. I, I did like uh, you had suggested uh, Giancarlo Esposito, which I, I want him to play every villain and everything. Yeah, but now I'm kind of starting to think that he would maybe be a good Xavier. Yeah. Again, somebody we don't see enough as a good guy. Yeah. But is really really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very got that quiet uh, sort of strength about him. So when factoring in the Magneto thing, like what, he can't be a Holocaust survivor. Right. Yeah. I mean, what, uh, we're going to do Rwandan genocide. Yeah. I mean, that would make, uh, make sense era wise, you know, cause I guess what, what sort of thing does he live through? What if he was Hispanic and he grew up in a detention center on the border? Ooh. What if he was a caged kid? Then he's just mad at Americans. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Mutants versus humans. He's fucking tired of that shit. Yeah. No, that's. Well, well, change change it. Change it to where it's not necessarily just about illegal people coming over the border. Make it specifically about mutant detention across the border. Yeah. No, that would actually be pretty relevant to now as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mutant detention centers would be. And you know who could be coming across the border as a kid? Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> so there we go. He would be a good yeah. Magneto right there. There you go. That's just, oh, and, I like it. And yeah, yeah. I think that's a good idea. There's, there's been a lot of talks of Denzel getting eyeballed for Magneto. Ooh. You know, because, you know, a lot of people probably don't, maybe don't realize this, but Professor X and Magneto were looked, were kind of based off of Martin Luther King Jr., and Malcolm X. Right. And the way that they're like mentalities mm-hmm. and, and philosophies were. Yeah, absolutely. So you could definitely do something with, uh, with something, you know, like, uh, you know, an African-American actor or, or just an, Af- a, an actor of color and turn it into yeah. something where it could, you know, somewhere mimic the civil rights kind of movement yeah. or, or something like that, you know, um, just, I mean, that's another idea. Denzel's a monologuer too. So, I mean, that, that would be, you know, he's, Denzel, he's so good at those straight shot monologues. That's such a Magneto thing, to, you, know, you know. You know, people love Denzel 
and he's but I honestly think even though people love Denzel I don't still think he gets anywhere near the credit he deserves oh I agree I, I agree. think that I think that the black community does mm. I think he is their DiCaprio you know he is he is definitely looked at very much like a huge but like He's a Washington yeah. is one of the greatest actors to ever be on screen. I agree. And I think that I, I think it's um, we're missing out on him not being a part of the MCU at this point. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of strange that they haven't tried to bring him in for literally anything. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and like you say, he doesn't get the dude never really comes up for awards like he should. I mean, every all. performance he does is captivating. At all. And you want to see something been. great that he doesn't get credit for? The Spike Lee film, He Got Game, Ooh. where it's about his son as a basketball player and he was a basketball player and he's in prison and stuff. There are some monologues and some dialogue that he chews through in that movie that is fucking outstanding. He is just, I fucking love Denzel. I think that dude is so underrated. I think that I would like to see him do, and he can, he could be in Titanic too. He could play the ship. He could play the, the, the fucking iceberg. He could play. Just me mug that iceberg. Yeah, every, he could play every character in every fucking movie. I really think that he is a great, great actor. And I think that, I mean, maybe he could, play a pretty interesting Xavier. Yeah. I mean, he can, yeah, he can I mean, be very sure. stoic. He can be very, I feel like, he, I mean, watching something like Remember the Titans, you can see how he can be like a, someone Inspire, who can, yeah. inspiring and motivating and stuff like that too. So I would, I would be all about that. I would be all, cause you know yeah, me, I don't, I don't give a shit is if they do gender swaps or color swaps on people and stuff like that race changes yeah. and stuff like that. I don't care. I just want to see an interesting performance. Get a good person. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To me, Professor Xavier doesn't have to be a little bald headed white guy. I mean <laughs> No. We've already said Patrick Stewart's kind of done that perfectly. Yeah, yeah, we really couldn't get a better comic book version of Xavier than Patrick Stewart. I mean, that's what no. we were all casting him like that since Patrick Stewart and Xavier existed. Yeah, as soon as Patrick Stewart got his first acting job, someone came over and pulled him aside and said, hey, if there's ever an X-Men movie, you have to play Charles Xavier, Xavier or else you're not allowed to be an actor. <laughs> yep. not gonna, you're not allowed in Hollywood unless you say that you'll do that someday. And he was like, okay, that's what I got to do. That's fair, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's... me in Star Trek. And like, and you know... Those movies are cast so well, but like, who's gonna pick up Wolverine? Yeah, I, I think we need we need a nobody for Wolverine for me. I, I need to find some tiny, actual tiny Canadian guy. Yeah, you know, let's let's get somebody who's never been seen and and have someone growl the mm-hmm. shit out because any any name that we could say that you put on a Wolverine would get so much like scrutiny. I mean, it would be like Heath Ledger is the Joker only they would have to actually pull it off in that way <laughs> to make it excusable. Yeah. You know, any name would be held up against Hugh Jackman. You know who I think could do it, but now can't because of his recent films is Joaquin. Yeah. He's, he's wild enough. I think that we could have gotten something out of him. He's so I wiry. I need a bulky, I need a bulky uh, Wolverine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, but I think, you know, you, he could bulk up. He yeah, potentially, yeah. Look, I mean, look at the shit that Christian Bale did from The Machinist to Batman. No, that's true. Yeah. Those actors right... can fluctuate. Yeah, well, I mean, it all has to do with if you can afford a personal trainer and a really great diet. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. That's If you can afford the best food Higher in the world. And, yeah, and have yeah. a guy come to your house and yell at you until you work out every day, then you can, <laughs> you can get in pretty good shape. Um, yeah, I think the same thing. I, th- I, I can think of 
people who would be good at playing other roles, but Wolverine is a really hard one to to fill. And he's such a specific character just mm-hmm. going from the comic books. And then you got any nostalgia factor from anything from him existing, cartoons, comics, and that. And then you got Hugh mm-hmm. Jackman on top of that. Mm-hmm. He is really a hard, and it's it's like trying to recast Darth Vader. Like he is, like you say, besides like Spider-Man, Wolverine is like the most popular Marvel character. Yes. You have to do him correctly. I don't think, and, I, that's why I think that they should focus on Fantastic Four. And I think that X-Men should come down their line. Mm-hmm, I agree. Uh, we don't if, know who could be the proper X-Men yet. Because if those kids, like we're talking about, those kids were kids when the Battle of New York happened, then they're only, you know, eight, 17, 18 right now. Mm-hmm. So we could, we, go five or, more we could go five to 10 more years and they could be in their mid to late 20s For when sure. the X-Men happens. So I, I really, I, I'm so excited about Fantastic Four. I really hope that we do get uh, the Krasinski's yeah, I agree. I think I really think that's the best casting. Yeah. I think anybody else they announce is going to be a letdown. Yeah. Uh, I mean, John Krasinski right now, on top of being just like doing a great job both in acting and in his writing, like he is dad. He's such a dad dude. And that's mm-hmm. what I think of when I think of Reed Richards. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, asshole, scientist, flippant, but ultimate dad joke type character is what Reed Richards kind of is. That 60s pipe smoking father who drinks scotch but he's like the modern version of that to me (laughs) totally totally he's dad jokes Mm -hmm. and i think that krasinski and his wife would do i can't think of what his wife's name is right now emily blunt emily blunt i keep trying i kept wanting to say olivia wilde um she's married to (laughs) sadekis yeah Uh, i think that they would be great yeah she's awesome i think she's an awesome actress but who let's cast those other two Let's see. Uh, I want a knee jerk just because everybody loves him so much. Uh, Timothy Chalamet could be a fun uh, uh, human torch. Give him some yeah. more fun things to do. Everyone's, everyone's pushing loves. very much for Efron, but I think that he's too close in age to Krasinski. I agree. He's a little too old. We need somebody that's a little yeah. bit younger. He's got to be that younger brother vibe. I don't necessarily like, hate hmm. Zach Efron. Oh no, I like Zach Efron a lot. Actually, I, I think that he's I in love him in hairspray. I've not seen that, but I, I as as terrible of a movie it is, I don't hate him in the movie Baywatch. Oh yeah, he's supposed to be pretty fun in that. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't it's not myself, too bad. Um, he's good in Neighbors. Is that what it was with? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth Rogen. He's very funny in that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think he could do the the Human Torch persona pretty well. But yeah, I think like you say, he's a little too close to Krasinski's age. He's got to be. A little bit younger. Yeah, I think, um, I, I, you know, I've not watched much with that Timothy Chalamet in him. Yeah, I've, I've just seen him be very serious, but I think he, mm-hmm. he has potential to have range. And, uh, you know, no, in Marvel, they like to get the people that everybody's talking about. And he is definitely like the it boy who is in that age group right now. And he uh, worked for them. He did the Artemis Fowl film. That's right. That's mm-hmm. not getting released, probably. No, it's coming to Disney+. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. I know yeah. it wasn't getting a theatrical release. And he's supposed yeah. to be in Dune uh, this year yeah. as well. I just bought Dune. I'm going to start reading it tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't want to get... I, I, I'm a, such a bad sci-fi fan. I have not, <laughs> not ever read Dune myself. That's how I felt too. I was like, I'm just going to buy it. I got nothing to do. Yeah, there um, you go. Before we leave the MCU though, I, and, and we're probably going to wrap it up here in a little bit, but uh, Doctor Strange being, being directed by Ooh. Sam Raimi. 
oh, it's the best news outside of all of this bad news I've heard. I'm very excited. Now I see a lot of stuff online and I don't like it. And what it is, is, is the idea of Bruce Campbell as Mr. Sinister. And I, I hate the idea. I think Bruce Campbell should show up. I think he should make a cool cameo. Bruce, yeah. Campbell, can't, Bruce Campbell can't play a villain in the MCU. No. Bruce Campbell is always Bruce Campbell. It's like when Matt Damon shows up in anything as a cameo yes. and you're like, oh, fuck, it's Matt Damon. He's never the character. That yeah, you and, see that's on why, screen. and that's why in Thor 3, what did they do? They had him play Matt Damon. <laughs> yep, exactly. Matt Damon has been brought to Asgard and is playing Loki. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way that works without yeah. being jarring as fuck yeah yes that's the only way no um, i agree uh i love i love bruce campbell you know I, i'll shout from the rooftops yes for bruce campbell but, but if he shows yeah, up I, as a villain it's just bruce campbell cosplaying as whatever yeah. character he's playing and we need mr sinister to at least be a serious threat at some point and he should I be love, somewhat again, sinister yes i love bruce campbell but he's so hammy he's too hammy for that yeah. like, we're not looking for sheev palpatine over here we need like an actual villain that's going to be sinister as you said he's you know? uh, uh bruce campbell is fozzy the bear with a chin <laughs> yeah he really is he's fucking waka 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 you know? waka waka yeah so I don't know. My sister and I actually have been watching the Marvel films. She never has. So while we're on quarantine, nice. she's been coming over and watching. We skipped a couple. We skipped Incredible Hulk uh, yeah, and, and Thor: The Dark World. World. Okay, you made I, good I, choices. I knew they would they would bore her. Um, yeah. And then some stuff she already watched. She'd already seen the first two Captain Americas. She'd already seen Iron okay. Man two. Oof. So we just watched uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yesterday. Nice. And tomorrow she'll be over for Age of Ultron. So, so far she's been enjoying them a lot. She's got a lot of friends who are way into this shit, and she never joins them except for once in a while, and she's only seen some scattered films. So no, that's been, that's been an interesting thing. Yeah, and she, said, and she specifically that's said, good. maybe I'll understand what you guys are talking about on your podcast more. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, the only other thing I have on my list of stuff to talk about was COVID versus the next-gen consoles, and I just, I don't know, do you think oh, that we're yeah. going to still get a holiday release for, for the next Xbox and the PS5? Or I think we might, but I think it's going to look a lot different from what we've seen in the past. I, I yeah. don't know exactly what it will look like, but especially if by then all the GameStops shut down because they're looking on the verge of dying as well. I'm not um, against I, that. I'm not either. I, I'm you know, very I, anti- I've, I don't like I've worked for GameStop myself uh, in the past, and and I am not afraid to shit all over that company. They're well, terrible. they've beca- they've they've you know they've become a a place to buy Funko Pops and trade your mm-hmm. phone in. Yeah, that's it. They're yeah they're a toy store now uh, yeah. that just happens to have games on the shelf for looky loos. Uh, mm-hmm. But and, and I mean especially now in this this more modern digital age, it, dude, I haven't bought a physical copy for a video game since you were with me and we bought the Mad Max game for my Xbox one. Right. Like right. I don't need to anymore, you know? Well, see, that's but where I, you and I differ because you keep your games forever and I still trade. That's true. So that's I still true. do buy physical games, but I can just go get them from Walmart. Yeah. I mean, Best Buy still exists. Yeah. They have deals all the time and they, mm-hmm. they got the cheapest Borderlands three right now, by the and way. They give you way more money there. on your trade-ins. If you are a trader, mm-hmm. you get way more from Best Buy than you do. at. You GameStop. get deals if you're part of their, uh, 
their rewards program and stuff yep, too. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So 100%. yeah, and I mean, fucking eBay exists, man. There's no point to go to GameStop yeah. anymore. There's so many other choices. But as far as like the console release goes, I think part of it would be that they'd be dumb not to. Like it would be, especially if places like California talking about not having public events until tw- fall of 2021. Mm-hmm. There's still going to be a lot of us stuck in the house uh, and and needing to find a way to entertain ourselves. It would be foolish to not release a new console generation when they're ready. Yeah. Um, but how that release looks, I mean, more how is that going to work buying... when these things get built in, in the Asian market? I mean, that's just, yeah, I don't know. You know, that's something that's like a whole, a whole other can of worms about mm-hmm. whether or not these, these corporations will be smart enough to actually oversee the cleanliness of their facilities and this and that. I mean, even if they were to just get the supplies and hold them for 72 hours or however long the dissipation period is to just clear people's minds before they actually ship them to customers. Uh, There are steps that they can do on a corporate level for that, I think. But as far as like people getting it, I think is the big question because the, the midnight release or the jam pack at a store for the day of release console thing is probably not likely to happen. Um, But more and more people are buying things online. You're getting more of your consoles right now from Amazon. People are selling out and buying their eBay or be buying their switches from eBay because they're, they're sold out at target right now. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Um, but I think they'll happen. I think they'll come out. I think they'll figure out whatever they can to ease customers' mind on the actual, like, uh, where they're sourcing them from issue. Right. But yeah, overcoming the how people get them thing, maybe Best Buy does a curbside pickup deal right. on the day of, or, you know, sell them out of a tent in the, in the parking lot. Sure. Uh, Just same know, day delivery. There's, there's, yeah, exactly. And, and that at, at its very core is... Uh, you know the basic way to get it out but yeah i think microsoft and sony both would be shooting themselves in the foot if they did not shit even release early if they could dude know? it's a great time to be i mean it's a great time to sell video games you would think i mean game pass is killing it, it they have to be it. because i'm killing yeah. i'm loving game pass i mean i'm just i'm oh same oh man it's so it's, it's worth every dime every bit of it it's so awesome um Anyway, that's about uh, well, one thing I do want to touch on since we didn't talk about how COVID is going to affect Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give me the news so, on that. So Stranger Things has been delayed just like every other thing that's in production in the world, except right. for Stranger Things is the biggest show on the biggest streaming platform on the planet. Yes. And its, its cast is quickly aging out of the fucking show. Yeah, absolutely. And now you've just halted the show for months. And months when you're 13 are a lot. Like you can become a different human being. Absolutely. So so what I've heard um, from people who supposedly, I mean, they've leaked other stuff that's come true about Stranger Things, um, is that we're going to see a time jump. Okay. For the next season. We're going to jump into the 90s. Ooh. And the kids will purposely be older, and then we don't have to worry about them trying to still play ten-year-olds. That absolutely makes sense. I was kind of thinking that they could potentially go along that lines. Besides the fact that now Hopper is stuck in uh, Russia mm-hmm. digging coal for however long that for decade years. is. Yeah, yeah you know, for, multiple for, you years. Know, yeah, because it ends in uh, what is it? Eighty-four? Is that the last season? I can't think of when the whatever the year Go, I just Ghostbusters watched it like, and, week ago Ghostbusters too. and New Coke. It was the same year yeah. as that. I want to say it's eighty four, but I could be wrong. Um, so I mean, it wouldn't take that many. It wouldn't have to be that many years. It could just be like a four or five year jump. That's true. Yeah, into like ninety one. You know, mm-hmm. ninety one. Yeah. 
And then it'd be fun because then we get to see the 90s stuff, which would be a blast exactly. if they handle it the way they handle the 80s shit. Like, that'd be really exciting. So apparently when they pitched the second season, it was supposed to be a time jump. Oh. And they decided to not do that since they had they were on such a roll and they could keep it going with the kids being young and stuff. But apparently the original concept was just to, to hit different decades. So okay. I, I, really, I really think it'd be a cool idea for them to do this. Yeah, absolutely. It, it gives a new sort of like the time frame gives you, like you say, in, when you're 13 months could be so much. So like have them actually age up a bit and then the characters have now gone through totally different journeys. We're seeing them at a new point in life is very interesting. The Open upside down has for, gone away. They've, they've, they've yeah. gone back to getting driver's licenses and things like that. Yeah relationships can be building it's a good way to introduce new characters without it being too forced because it's you know new years and all this like i like every piece of that actually and the idea of like of hopper being reintroduced and like it's way more impactful if he's been gone for years that's true it's not just a couple of weeks yeah yeah, it's not just a few weeks or a month or like holy fuck you've been dead for four years you know whatever it is what does that do to his mind what does that do mm -hmm. to how the town feels about him yeah all Mm -hmm. of that is very interesting yeah, I think I love Stranger sure. Things. I think, you know, some, Stranger oh, Things is something that you and I talked about before was ever on there, just about something mm-hmm. Spielbergian, uh, about yes. kids in a situation that's bigger than themselves, something like Super 8, yeah. Goonies. Um, and I yeah. just, and, and it's, it's, just, and it's such an homage it. without ripping off, you know, it, it, it does such care to uh, love the things that it's inspired by without, mm-hmm. like, just ham-fisting it at you yeah. it's such a good nuance and this third season is, was just the best so far i think i loved it yeah i absolutely loved it and just the, the way they bring the mall in the mall as a character mm-hmm. in the show it's just it was so yes. good loved yeah, it I anyway agree. well guys we are back and yeah. we are really glad to be back and we uh i don't know if we'll be back every week but we'll be at least back every month i can tell you that yeah, absolutely. Episode a month. We're gonna. What do you want to shoot for? Every other week. Try to do that for a while. See if maybe we can every ma- other week. Yeah, we'll see if we can do that. See if we can maintain that for a while. So, yeah. um, but we are back. We're gonna be throwing out uh, some more uh, output, some more content. Uh, Ian's bringing back mm-hmm. the Fresh Comics podcast. Yes. Um, I'm gonna be doing a pirate radio show. Yes. Um, through our Facebook page so I'll be playing music and talking once I get that all figured out I've got the music playing part figured out but I haven't figured out the talking part yet so I'm working on it oh, um, yeah and uh, so yeah we're going to be working on all sorts of more content and coming back for you guys so we, we've missed you and we hope that uh, we hope you've missed us and um, yeah. hopefully this will go up on iTunes right away uh, today should be Monday 420 um if it's not up on itunes it's it it, i'll announce it'll be up on google and it'll be up on our website but we're just waiting to get resubmitted to itunes right now so that can take a little bit of time especially whenever uh the world's under a pandemic so everyone and their mother is starting a podcast (laughs) just uh just be patient with us we're also like i said we'll have it up on spotify um so it's going to be everywhere where you can get podcasts coming from here on out so um yeah we look forward we look forward to, uh, yeah, yeah, come and, come and rate and review us. We, we look forward to doing this again, guys. We've really missed yeah, it a lot. We have. It's been, it's been a, a big hole in our hearts that yep. are now being Spe- refilled. Speaking of it being a long time since we've done this, do you remember how we end these things? Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I okay, so. Okay, okay, good. Just making sure before we get there and then we fumble over the ending. I just want to make sure that we both know what we're getting ourselves into. I think we can do it. All right, well, guys, uh, thanks again for listening, and we will, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Uh, for Ian Maxwell, I'm Josh Custer. 
And for Josh Custer, I'm Ian Maxwell. Saying, enjoy Enjoy your boils. boils. Beautiful. Talk to me, man. It's your boy, Young Hope. If you turn the motherfucking noise up, we can get right into the proceedings this evening. The headphones are distorting. Bring it down a little bit. Okay. Now we working with it. The boy face up in baseline, baby. Mom, welcome to New York City. It's your boy, Young Hope. Cheer. Kanye West on the track. Chi-Town. What's going on now? Can I talk to y'all for a minute? Let me talk to y'all for a minute. Just give me a minute of your time, baby. I don't want much. Let me talk to these motherfuckers. Oh, guess who's Bizak? You still smell the crack in my clothes. Don't make me have to relapse on these hoes. Take it back out the tax in the road. When I was hugging it, niggas couldn't do nothing with it. Straight from the oven with it. Came from the dirt. I emerged.